Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. This week's their pitch player is Washington Spirit and Sweden international Julia Rodar. Before joining Washington Spirit overseas, Rodar has played for two different clubs in the Damansvenskan. First, she was a part of a team called Kvarnsvedens IK for two seasons, and in 2018, she joined Kopparbergs Göteborgs FC, now BK Häcken. She left Göteborgs FC after winning the Swedish league title in 2020, and then she joined another winning side, Washington Spirit. They won the NWSL 2021. Roddar is a part of the Swedish national team and has made 13 appearances so far. Since their pitch is in collaboration with Adidas Football and they recently launched a guide called How to Stop Sweden, let's take a look at how Julia Rodar is described in this guide. Julia Rodar plays at a fast pace. She's both very quick to put pressure on opponents and to win the ball, especially so during counter-pressing opportunities. Be wary of Rodar's intense pressing and be ready to make quick decisions on the ball so as not to allow her more time to get close to you. And don't forget, you can find this guide and read more on howtostopsweden.com. You should definitely check out Sweden's new match shirt as well. But now, let's get on with it. You are listening to Der Pitch and this is the Julia Rodar episode. Okay, so in Sweden, I say Julia Rodar, but in America, my name is Julia Rodar. <laughs> Julia Rodar. New Tuesday with a new episode, and it's our first NWSL guest. We have Julia Rodar. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you guys? I'm doing great, thank you. Yeah, I'm doing great. I think this is going to be an awesome episode to do. Finally, some US football, and for me to learn. Agreed. Because I follow the league, but you don't follow it as much, Mia. No, I don't. I think it's bad that you play when I sleep. <laughs> I know. It's it's very difficult for all the Swedish fans to watch our games. But you're you're from Sweden and you grew up over here. Um how come like how come you started playing football and where did you like find that love for the game? Uh, so I grew up in a town called Falun. Uh, it's about three hours north of Stockholm. And when I was in first grade, uh, I got like a kind of like a newspaper from the class that said, do you want to play football? And I I don't know why I, I thought it was a great idea because I don't think any of my friends really wanted to do it. But I tried it out and I loved it. So I think I was seven when I started and I've been playing since. So now it's over 20 years, which is crazy. And you've played... It's been over 20 years, but you just, you've won titles in Sweden, in the US. You got a silver medal from the Olympics. How, is that something you could have ever like dreamt of as a kid? I think my dream when I was a kid was 
to like become very good. And I wanted to be a professional, but I think when I was younger, I kind of like, I just, I didn't really think about the future. I just played because it was fun. And then the last few years when I've been like winning titles, I think it's so fun to win games. So I think the last years has been great for me. And I think that's when I also like, I see, I see it so seriously too. Like it's my job and that's what I want to do. I want to win titles. So after this year, I, I hope we can defend next year too and win another gold so one thing that you said you want to win games and you want to do stuff right now you play for the washington spirit in the national women's soccer league in the u.s and me and mia actually talked about this before uh before we started recording and before you came in here is that you you actually did score a goal this season and to me i think that was one goal was it it was one right that was your first goal Yeah. yeah And you score, and I, mm-hmm. I feel like that was like quite a vital goal too. It was a game, it was a game winner and played a part in you guys making it to the playoffs, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I feel like it was the best goal I've ever made. Like, cause we were not making the playoffs before that game, I believe. And if we would have tied, it would have been like a really tough, like the rest of the season would have been tough. So. That goal, like, is probably one of the goals that meant a lot to me and for the club too. So I'm r- very happy that that one got in. I actually, I I watched the clip before before we started to record this. It comes from a corner kick, I think, in like minute 69 of the game, and it's a rebound from the corner kick, and you just smash it. I know. I was just thinking, get it on goal, and. I feel like I was kind of lonely, like no one came out of pressure. So it was like kind of like tough because it was a volley and you never know, like sometimes the volleys can, like if you try too hard, they can go far. And I was just like, okay, get it on goal. And it got in and it was, it was very, very important for us. Yeah, it was a good one. I mean, lo- yeah, a lot of one. defenders <laughs> in front of the goal and you just, yeah, here, here I go. <laughs> Get into I saw an opening. <laughs> Would you say it was like one of the most important goals of your career so far? Yeah, for sure. Before we really get into your time in the US and and like your time with Washington Spirit and like how how the season has gone and how you fit into the squad and you know stuff like that. You actually played you got a title in Sweden. Yeah, last year. Before you left. Yeah. So it's been a good year so far. <laughs> so you just take the titles and then you're like, see you later. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was kind of crazy year last year too in Gothenburg. Uh, we had a great year. Uh, we won the Swedish league. Uh, I think, did we win the Swedish cup that year or was it the year before? I'm not sure. Yeah. Oh no, the Swedish cup maybe got canceled because of COVID. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I won the, the Swedish league, which was like what I wanted to win because in 2018 we won the Swedish Cup. So that one was still not on my list, you know. So I feel like we were a really great team in Gothenburg. We didn't cruise through the season, but we kind of had like a lot of good games and a lot of games where we kept a lot of possession. It was a fun, like very fun games. Um And after we won the league uh, a few weeks later, the owner of the club uh, folded on us. So we didn't really know a lot about the future. Um, 
And then uh, Washington Spirit uh, contacted me and I thought it was a great idea and good for my career to to try another league. So that's how it happened. So for you, when the club folded, it was you were uncertain because some players had already they've already signed with other clubs when that happened. So they weren't too affected. But for you, did you feel like you were affected of the fact that it folded and when they took you guys into those meetings and stuff like that? Yeah, like I was planning to come back and have another great year in Gothenburg. And then that happened and I kind of felt like, okay, this is not very clear. We didn't know that Hecken was going to take over. Uh, so for a few weeks, we were kind of like, okay, are we going to be Gothenburg or are we going to become like another club? So I think for me, I thought it was like a good step to be able to go somewhere else too. So instead of staying, I, I was sold to Washington Spirit and I'm very happy about that. Were you, were you stressed at all at this time of like your future? A little bit, but I feel like I saw the positive thing about it too, that I was able to, to leave maybe a year earlier because I've always had a dream to go somewhere else and play. And now I saw the opportunity instead of being stressed out too much. And so that plane just took you to, to the U.S. And I remember that there were you guys had some issues in the beginning, right? With like visas and stuff because of COVID. Yeah. You're... <laughs> how was it to like how was yeah, because we talked about that before. But how was it to settle into that environment when you had those problems? Yeah, it was kind of t- tough because I like my former club, like that was Hecken now they started training and I was kind of stressed about like, Oh, when am I going to be able to, to go over? So I think for like a month and a half, I was training on my own, uh, which was kind of hard, but I think my body also needed it at the moment. So it wasn't too bad, but I got to the spirit in I think March. So I was a little late. I missed like almost all of preseason and went right into games and the challenge cup. So it was a little bit, I felt like I was a little bit late in. So it took me a while to get adjusted to like the speed of play and everything in the, in the league. But the more time I spent there, I think I adjusted very well. And did you feel like, cause I feel like, like from an outside perspective, I feel like you've, you've, you've kind of found your spot in the team. Um, do you feel like that's developed since you came there? Like, okay, but I know where my spot is. This is what I do. I'm going to do this or that. And then like, do you feel like more comfortable now in the squad? Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, after the Olympics, cause I was gone for most of the summer, but I think now in the fall, I feel like I find my spot more and I got to like know all the girls too. Cause I was kind of like going back and forth a lot. So I felt very new for a long time, but now the last like few months in the States has been great. And I mean, winning games always make a team feel good and everyone was happy at training. So I think that helped too to get into the team. And then I, I think we're just going to fast forward to the championship. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was fun. <laughs> And you guys are under. It was like they scored one to zero and you guys had to fight to get back on your feet. And I think it was quite close, right? When you guys scored, when you guys leveled it, right? Yeah. I think I, I'm not sure about when uh, Andy school scored in the PK, but I believe that it was kind of late, maybe in the 70 minute or something like that. But I felt like when I got on the field in halftime that 
we had like the momentum. I feel like we were the stronger team and we had like a few more chances, but I feel like they still had very like tough counterattacks on us. So you never know, you know, and, uh, when Andy scored, uh, I felt like, okay, we're going to win this. I feel like when it's a draw, we are usually really strong in the end of the games. Uh, and when it went to overtime, I felt like we were the stronger team. And when O'Hara scored the goal, like it was just, okay, let's keep this. You know, it was very hard because they, we scored kind of early in the overtime. So we knew that, okay, we're going to have to defend and, like Aubrey Bledsoe, our goalkeeper, she's awesome. So she made like, I think two really important saves. And I think that made us, yeah, become the winners. Watched this half of the game I watched while I was at work. And then half of the game I watched on the train on my way back home on my phone. And I was like, <laughs> I was just sitting there. I was like, oh, come on, find a goal. Cause I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody run as much as Trinity Rodman. She's just everywhere yeah. and she's just running, running, running. But I was like, come on. She needs to get it on goal. And she was just, she was just doing uh-huh. everything. And then like, oh yeah, eventually like when she, when everybody else was like, okay, well guys, we want to win this. Like you guys had that mentality. And then everybody was like, okay, get the balls in. And then eventually you guys scored mm-hmm. and. I think it was like, cause I remember I sent an article to my friend cause I was on the train and I was like, okay, this is what you want to have in your article. Like, be sure you get it in. <laughs> and it had been like five, five years or like three, I don't know exactly how many years, but Kelly O'Hara hadn't scored in the league for so, so long. And then it just released. Yeah. It was her first playoff too, uh, which is crazy. And like, it's fun that she, when she needed like when we needed her the most she she comes up and score a goal which is so crazy and I'm really happy that she did it and how good of a player she is. I also need to ask you because I mean you you won the league in Sweden the year before and then you go off to the US and win and then you won with Emily Sonnet that you also won with in Sweden. So how did that feel for you guys together to just go and on and be able to win something again? Yeah, it was very, it was crazy. And I feel like we talked to each other after just like, Hey, you, you're not going anywhere because we're winning titles together. So I think that was really fun. I want to talk about the national team as well, because we've won titles and we've won them with Emily Sonnet. Know, so right? maybe they're going to be a back to back to back for you two. It's, it's the effect of, of the Swedish and the U.S. playing together because you guys are the top two nations in the world. So the U.S. is number one. Sweden is number two as of recording this. Um, you did you, you made, you had your debut in 2017 with a national team, right? Yeah. Uh, do you remember anything from that and like what kind of memories do you take with you from, do you, do you remember who you guys played against? Uh, I think it was a like a European qualification or World Cup qualification. Uh, and I'm not sure what team we played. Maybe Slovakia or Slovenia. I I'm not sure. <laughs> but I like definitely remember the debut because we were supposed to play Denmark as well in that like in that in those ten days and. I, I mean, I first remember getting the call up, like I was working. I, I had like a part-time job as a saleswoman for like a furniture store. And 
I was at lunch break, uh, left my phone uh, at my desk. And when I got back, it had exploded. So like I didn't watch the press conference, but so many people watched it and like contacted me after. And I think that was like a crazy memory, like getting the first call up. And when I made my debut, I think I played about like 10 or 15 minutes, but it was just such a crazy moment, like going out there playing for your for your country and it's definitely like a memory and like I will have forever you know I was just googling right now and I I think you made your debut against Hungary 5-0 win and you were so oh, yeah maybe Hungary to the game in minute 83 now we oh, know okay. for sure. <laughs> yeah so now we know and then you got it. fast forward a couple of years and we're doing the Olympics and you guys are winning every single game. How, what was the talk in the, like, what was the talk around you guys at the hotel in the locker room? What, how, what was the atmosphere like being there? I feel like it was great. Like we had a few weeks before the first game against the U.S. and I mean, we were just waiting to play that game and we felt strong and we knew that the U.S. were a top team. But like the way we started the tournament, we we could never have dreamt of, you know, like three nil. And we go from that game, like saying that, OK, it's not going to be easy. The rest, like I feel like we were still so humble. And I think that made us come together as a team and like the atmosphere in the locker room was great. And like, I think that's why we won because we had such a good like environment with each other. And playing the US, you got to play some of your teammates. <laughs> um, did you, no, but <laughs> Mia, you're laughing. But what I want to know is, did you have any inputs like when you guys were playing? Like, okay, I know they're playing style. Like, did you come with any, like, I know how they play? Uh, I mean, maybe I was telling some of the girls in the team about like the players I know more of, but I feel like we, we have played the U S so many times. So we kind of know everyone's trait anyway. So, but I mean, I, I definitely know Kelly and Sonnet very well after this year. So, I mean, it's a, it's a great team. The U S is a great team and they have, they have everything. So, but winning three zero was, was such a crazy, crazy night. <laughs> I mean, I, I also have to ask you this now because you, you play in the US with a lot of, with a lot of these players and against them. Uh, I mean, what do you think it is about the US, their national team that makes them so special and so, I mean, their mentality in winning? I think the mentality comes from like a young age that, it's all about winning from a very young age, which I feel like Sweden is more about like maybe developing and being maybe like a little too nice, like too long. I think that we, I mean, it's, it's like good and bad, like to start uh, too early in the ages to compete. But I also think it's like good for kids to do that too. Cause some kids need it and maybe some don't, but I think it's, we should maybe incorporate that earlier in the ages. I think it's, it becomes like you become winner. And I think, I think that's good too. And then we get to the the devastating part of the Olympics and we get to the finals. How, did you feel like you guys had it in the bag, like that you guys were playing better? I think that we were better than Canada uh, the whole game. And I feel like their keeper played like probably their best game ever. So 
it was very tough going into PKs because it's like a 50-50 chance. Like you never know. It's a lot of nerves. And I hate to lose in that way. And it was, it was very tough. And I feel like we were, we were so sad for, for 24 hours. But when we finally got to Stockholm and saw our families, at least I, I was then like more happy and proud of what we have done. But it still took a long time to like get over that. Do you feel like, can you cherish the silver medal now? Are you happy about it now? Yeah, like now a few months later, I think it's so sick that I have an Olympic silver medal at home. And I'm very proud of it. You're going to keep chasing more medals, I assume. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was all I got for you guys with this getting to know Julia part. I hope you enjoyed it. We're going to go into football. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Oh, analysis. That's great. Then, since you're, you are the first uh, U.S. player uh, and, you are, and you have been playing overseas, I mean, the... The things that happens in women's football right now all over the world, I would say, but especially in Europe, uh, with the, the leagues and, and the games being more accessible, uh, accessible for, I mean, us that wants to, to watch it now when we don't have to go for dodgy links. And I think, I think actually the US and the NWSL is very good at that as well, because most games are available on Twitch. It's just a time zone there that yeah. bothering me a little bit. But do you watch European leagues? Do you follow football in Europe? I do as much as I can. But like you said, for me now, being in the US, then it's hard to watch European soccer too, because it's like in the middle of the day. But usually I try and like rush back after training to watch some games. So yeah, I watch as much as I can. Do you have any favorite league or team you follow in Europe? I mean, now I've been trying to watch a lot of the Champions League games, uh, the women's, and uh, I also try and watch like all the Swedish players that are out in Europe. So I try and follow like Chelsea when I can, Real Madrid, Juventus, uh, the German league too, uh, with Wolfsburg and Bayern. So like I try and keep like, even if I can't watch the games, I try and like watch it on the apps just to see like how we're doing out there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always ask this question because I think it's, it's interesting every time to know your, your answers as professional footballers. But how are you as a person when you watch football? Can you just watch it to watch it for fun or do you always watch football in like, Oh, that's interesting. They do this. Why don't they do that and stuff like that? I think especially when I watch women's football, I, I try and like learn. But when I watch men's football, it's more like I just watch it and I don't think too much. But especially when it's like my friends watching, I think it's fun to like, Oh, see how they do in certain situations and stuff. But I think it depends on like if I'm tired or not. (laughs) Yeah, probably that's, that's a good approach to, to it all. I mean, will I just relax watching this or will I learn stuff? (laughs) So, yeah, but uh, I think it's quite interesting because you play 
a lot of positions. So I bet you have a lot of different roles on the pitch as well. So how would you describe for someone that is not quite familiar with with football at all. Uh, what is your role and position on a football pitch? Yeah, lately I've been playing mostly uh, left defender uh, in a four back. Uh, so if I am in that position, I would say that I, I'm a player with like a lot of endurance. I can run for a long time. I like to be offensive. So I like to... Be, like be a part of the offensive part and also be maybe the first one getting back to uh, to defend. Uh, I also think that the last few years I've become becoming more of a leader too because I've been playing a lot of games and I always try and be like positive to my teammates so they can play their best games. So I think that would describe me as a player. Do you think that or I guess you know this because you you play different positions but Uh, do you feel like it's it's different physical training playing in different positions? Like, I mean, playing as a fullback, you have to make a lot of runs, like you said. Is it different physical training to a- achieve good things as a fullback compared to being playing in the midfield yeah I think that as a fullback now I have to do like a lot of sprinting and a lot of longer sprints uh, so if I haven't been there in a while then I feel like I, I lose that a little bit or I get like a lot more tired I think as a like defensive midfielder you can kind of like be smart about it you move a lot but you don't make as long runs or as fast runs so definitely it's it's different With your own words now, uh, because you you've been playing in the US, you'll be good at this uh, by explain explaining your best abilities on the pitch. Yeah, like I said, like a lot of endurance. Uh, I think that's me as a player. Like I can even if I'm a central midfielder or a fullback, I think that's one of my best traits. And I think another trait that I have is that I'm able to play with both my feet. So. I think that can be be tough for players that I, they don't know if I I want to go inside and shoot with my right or if I'm going to do a cross with my left. And this is also interesting because you play different position and you can play different positions. Do you think that the role and position of a fullback and a midfielder has changed in any way since you started to play football? Because I mean, we, we talk a lot about the modern fullback or the modern midfielder. Do, do you feel like these positions have changed in any way since you started? Yeah, I think a few years ago, I I don't even think I wanted to be a left back or like a fullback because uh, I wanted to be maybe more of a left midfielder or a right midfielder. So I think now uh, it has changed because it's more like you can go in the offense as a defender. I think maybe a few years ago, you didn't go as high up in the field, which... Now you do and you can like beat the team better because there there's more runs up in the final third. So I think that has changed that you are a little more like moving as a as a defender. I mean, we usually ask this question as well. Uh, how did it come about that you play the position you play? What's the story behind that? Uh, that's like a tough one because I don't really know when it happened, but... 
I've been like my first years in, in Gothenburg, I was a mostly a central midfielder. And then last year when we won the league, I was a left wing back most of the games uh, where I could be very offensive. Um, so I think that's how it, it started that I really liked that position. So I mean, the last two years I've been a left defender. And so I haven't been there a long time, but. I think still that that's my favorite position right now. The position you play, I mean, like this, it's a lot about on social media right now from fans, you know, like we, we have opinions. We like to have opinions as football fans on decisions you guys are making on the pitch or, or how do you choose to play or just stuff, stuff like that. And I feel like when talking to players about analysis and inf- because it's, it's about information, you have s- some sort of of information going out to play an opponent on the pitch for you in your position what would you consider to be the most important information you will need uh, before going out to play a game i think what i like to know as a defender is kind of like who am i going to play against like in the the game within the game you know so i try to like analyze which feet they're best with like are they right footer are they left footer do they usually take shots from outside or do they cross or do they try and go 1v1 so you kind of know what to do in certain situations but i also like to not focus too much on who i'm playing i i also like to just kind of like go in with my feeling that i'm going to beat them instead of like looking too much to see what they're doing so i think it's like a mix that i want to know a little bit but i don't want to know too much and also this is also interesting i think as a pro pro player do you care about numbers statistics and if you do what sort of numbers are the most fun to watch I I think I've never like looked at any statistics because I think I didn't like statistics in school and I don't like it in football either. (laughs) So it's kind of reflect on you as as a person as well, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, most of many people who watches football, like we're, we're obsessing with numbers if you know what I mean about that, because I feel like most players don't even care. I'm not going to say don't even care because of of course you do. If you, Mm -hmm. if you can use it, I mean, like a tool to get better, but in, in, from the analysis uh, perspective, do you use football analysis as a tool to improve yourself as a player in any time? Uh, I don't do it myself, but we do a lot within the team. So usually we like before every session, it's some sort of like football analysis, but I never do it like on my own. Uh, maybe if the coach has sent me something that I should look at, I will look at it, but usually it's them sending something to me, not me looking anything up. Okay. Then, um, do you think your performance on the pitch can be affected looking at how much information you have before getting uh, on the pitch to play a game yeah i think sometimes you need more like depending on who you're playing uh i think the most like what i like is like i said kind of like focus on myself and and our team like what we can do to to beat them instead of like looking too much at what they're good at. Cause I think for me, I feel like it's important to feel that 
we are better and looking at clips like what we have been doing good more than to look what they're doing good. I think to, to see like the positive things we do as a team and maybe look at how, how sometimes they do when they try and beat us or like when they have beat other team. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally. <laughs> I mean, do you, do you ever take the initiative yourself to watch? yourself play yeah if someone doesn't tell you i mean watch this or or do this or yeah i think i sometimes if i feel good about a game uh, i sometimes want to look and see like what did i do good here so i can like take that to another game i think when i feel like i've done a a worse game i i usually don't look at it because i don't want to see it but also that kind of like depends on my feelings. Like sometimes I want to see like, was it bad or is it just my feeling? And then after you look at it, it's like, oh, it wasn't too bad. But usually I want to see, like, I have a good feeling about the game. I want to see, was it really that good? And you, hopefully, and usually it is good. <laughs> <laughs> that That's a very good approach, I think. <laughs> so we're, 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 with that, we're going to jump into the listeners questions section because our listeners have uh, been asking you a question about tactical analysis uh, as well, which okay. is very fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this is from Rai. They want to know what difference do you feel when playing with Hecken uh, compared to the Spirit? I think uh, the league, like the NWSL, is has like a lot of speed and it's very physical. So I think the difference is that all the games in the NWSL is very fast and very physical. And I think in Hecken, I think that it's only a few games when it's really fast played and physical. But I think all the games we played with Hecken, we have a lot of possession within the team. And I feel like in the NWSL, you can't have that because the teams are too close. Like it's very close games and it's more of a like changing, uh, like a lot of counterattacks and then we have the ball. So it's more like a, uh, you switch the ball with, with the teams more in the NWSL. And I feel like with the NWSL, you know, like when it's quite close like that and the teams are kind of on the same level, I feel like that's kind of, it's because I feel like it's because of one thing, and it's the fact that in the NWSL, for those who do, don't know and don't watch the the, the the league, is that you're only allowed to have a certain amount of U.S. Women's National Team players and Canadian players on your team. So they kind of spread it out across the league, you know. And you're not really, if I'm not mistaken, you're signed to the league and not specific specifically to a team. Now in the expansion draft that it was in, because this is going to go out next year. Uh, which was in December, Julia, for example, is protected. She can't be traded. But for some other people, they can be traded. It's it's very, like, you really have to read into it because it, it, it's a complicated league, to say the least. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it's Greek. It's Greek. But, but it's good that you can't have as many national team players as you would like because it keeps it kind of exciting at the same time as I mean, who who ended up at the bottom could probably be winning next year if that's like that's how it is over there. Yeah, I think we like we lost against Kansas City. I think when we played, or it was like a really close game. We might have won at the end, but like we could have lost that game because they are they are so good, and it's crazy how like the winners and the bottom 
yeah, like you said, next year they could be winning because it's such a close uh, league. That brings me kind of to like the next question. Yes, no. Um, so on Instagram, E has sent us a question that says, "In what way do you think your own game has developed since joining the Spirit to play in the NWSL?" Yeah, kind of like how I feel about the league. I feel like the speed of play uh, has gotten better, and also my like my fitness and my physical. I feel like I'm stronger and faster, uh, which you need playing in this league. And he also has another question that says, I heard that you turned down Sweden's national team during one of the international breaks this season. Uh, I think it was the recent qualifiers when the final was, I think it was the same week as the finals. Um, is it hard to be in the national team since the NWSL keeps on playing while at the same time, there's a big difference between the countries, big time difference between the countries. Yeah, like sometimes it's like, I mean, if we've been on the West Coast, it's nine hours time zone difference to Sweden. So, uh, and I think now the last camps, I feel like we've been on the West Coast when it's very close to the games in Sweden. And this fall, it was very important games, both for the October camp and the November camp now that we made it to the final. So I hope for next year that I'll still get called, even though I'm in the U.S., uh, Because, I mean, I can still be okay for the first game usually, but I mean, it's all up to Peter who he decides to bring in. But I mean, I'll be ready if he needs me. I assume you guys had a conversation about this as well, you and him, on why you couldn't play that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say this name in Swedish <laughs> because I think our listeners will have to learn some Swedish pronunciations <laughs> of names as well. So, to be yes. You can play both as a midfielder and a fullback. What are the advantages of being able to play in say, several positions? And are there are there any negatives uh, at all to it? I think the the bad thing about playing in several positions is that sometimes I can feel that the coach can like switch me off easily because it's like I can play anywhere, but I, that, then it's like also easy to like maybe put me on the bench because I'm a good player to get into the game because uh, he can use me in any position really. Uh, but the good thing is that you are aware of your teammates. You know what you need as a central midfielder or as a forward because you kind of like kind of know as certain positions what you need. So I think it's it's like both good and bad. LP97, playing as a fullback in the NWSL, can you explain what you think are the biggest differences tactically and playing-wise from defending in the NWSL and in Sweden, if there are any differences at all? You can talk You can talk about zone defending or man-to-man defending here, because that's very interesting to hear. I think that Every player in the NWSL is very fast and I think it's a lot of man-to-man defending. Uh, so you have to like really be on your toes and you don't want to like lose your battle. And I think in Sweden, it's more like a zone defending and you always like, you, you always feel like you have someone behind you. I think in the NWSL, it's more like I need to, I need to like really be on my toes to, to like try and take the ball from the girl that is trying to beat me. NWSL fan from Instagram wants to know, uh, or writes, <laughs> it might just be a feeling, but it feels that it's more player from Europe that stays in Europe to play now than coming to the NWSL. 
What was it for you that made you go overseas to play here and not stay in Europe? Yeah, I mean, now it's just like what I think, but I think it's like kind of like too far away because it is, I mean, time difference and everything. And I think being in Europe feels closer to Sweden. So I think a lot of players like to stay in Europe. Um, I mean, for me, it was my dream to play in the NWSL. So I think that's why I left. Uh, but yeah, maybe it's like more convenient to be closer to Sweden. Because you say it was your dream to play in the NWSL. Do you feel like that's been affected by the fact that you played college in the US? Yeah, definitely. I think leaving college in 2015, I had a dream to come back. Uh, I actually wanted to stay if I could in 2015 too. Uh, but it wasn't, I wasn't at a school that was in the top 10. I was like in the top 25 school. So I feel like I wasn't able to, to stay. And uh, so now that I made this, like I, I went back and now I'm back in the States uh, and it feels, I'm really happy that I, I moved back. We have another question, which is from, um, Kuhn ABD on Twitter, which is a tech. He's a football analyst. His name is Abdullah Abdullah. Um, what is the biggest tactical difference playing in Sweden and NWSL? I think, um, like I think in the NWSL, it's kind of like a lot of counterattacks and we're really good at it too. Like it could be three passes and you score a goal and you start from like almost a keeper. And I think in Sweden, it's, it's more of like building possession and keeping the ball. Uh, so it's like two different games. And then he also has another question, which is, what is the most unique trait you feel you need in the positions you play that most people don't actively think of? I think to run fast many times. So like if you have the endurance and be able to do that, I think you can be really good as a fullback. So now you consider yourself as a fullback, not the midfielder. We hear that. <laughs> yeah, I do. I think, yeah. I mean, the last games here in the NWSL, I've been getting in as a fullback. And now that we won the league, I, I see myself as a fullback. Yeah, because I think this is kind of interesting because I think fullbacks are one of the positions that teams struggle to find I mean, like good fullbacks, because it's not a position with a lot of growth uh, to it, especially not on uh, the left-hand side. And I did, I actually did, I used a, a tool called Transfer Lab to just look at in the Dahmalsvenskan this year, uh, young players, like under 19 players. Then I, I find, found uh, your old teammate, Hanna Wik. Uh, she mm -hmm. plays on the right-hand side, if I'm not mistaken now. Yeah. And then we have one player uh, in Kif Örebro, Anna Sandberg, who is playing on the left-hand side. And they're like the only two, I mean, younger fullbacks that with minutes uh, in, the, in the Swedish top flight. So I think it's interesting. We need fullbacks, so stay there and, and then we'll be good in Sweden as well for the national team. We've come to the end section which is this or that five questions. And you've already read these. You weren't supposed to, but <laughs> yes. so we're just going to call you out on that. But it's, I hope you've forgotten them. That you haven't thought about them. Mm -hmm. um, and what I want you to do is not to think. So it's like rapid fire. <laughs> 
Sounds good. I'm going to give you this or that. You just give me an answer. Bada bing, bada boom. We're home. A good slide tackle or intercepting a pass that is about to break the lines. A good slide tackle. Dribbling your way out of the first line of pressure on your own or play out of it with perfect one-touch passes together with a teammate. I think the first one you said. Dribbling your way out of the first line of pressure. Yeah. Uh, coming on from the bench to make an impact to get the win or be in the starting lineup of a mediocre game. Coming off the bench. Causing a tactical foul for the opponents or taking one yourself for the team to stop a counterattack. The first one. Causing a tactical foul. Or no, the, the second one. That one. The second one. <laughs> yeah, the second one. Take the slide tackle, like slide tackle and taking one for the team. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Start a perfect attack from the back that results in a goal or scoring one yourself. Oh, that one is hard. Like, I usually don't score goals, so I think I'm going to go with that, scoring a goal. Getting the goal. (laughs) That's awesome, you guys. And Julia, thank you so much for being here with us today and joining our podcast. It was an honor to have you on here, and I feel like we've had really fun. I don't know about you. No, I had a lot of fun with you guys. That's good. And you're setting the tone for the NWSL players, and now they got to come on here too. I know. I hope they do. (laughs) And that's a wrap, you guys. 